turn to 1 Samuel 15. 1 Samuel 15. And God has been so good to us. I'm so glad to see everybody here. And uh, we, we know God is just good. He'll help you if you let him. Amen. Amen. He will fill you up and just overflow your life with his goodness. And I am just more excited about it than I've ever been. God has been so faithful, even in these trying times. Even in the battles, he's going to be a good, he's going to be faithful. Amen. Well, we got First Samuel 15. Let's ask God to help us right now. Father, we love you. Thank you. That we know, Lord, we're not even going to try to do it without you, God. We need you. And, Lord, every moment, every hour, we need you, God, just to lead our lives and to guide us in your will. Lord, in ourselves, we know we're weak, but God, thank you that we are not by ourselves, that you are with us, you're in us, God, and Lord, that you guide us and give us the strength, enable us, Lord, to do your will. Bless your word to our hearts and lives. Again, I pray that you just help me, Lord, through your anointing to just obey you, to let you have your way and help me and my flesh to stay out of your way, God, and help us all to be hearers and doers of your word. We love you, we praise you, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. First Samuel, verse 15, chapter 15, I'm sorry, verse 22. Samuel said, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. He goes on and says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, thou hast also rejected thee from being king. God bless you. You can be seated. Wednesday night, we did some teaching on what the Bible means by the fear of the Lord. And how important it is for us to recognize that Though he is God in our lives and he's our friend, he's our savior, he's, we, we have a, a close relationship. Jesus said, I call you no longer servants. I call you friends. Isn't that amazing? God's so good. But the idea of the fear of God is not that we are terrified uh, of getting punished and, and live our lives as some kind of uh, thought that God may just strike us down at any time. No, not at all. That's not a healthy relationship. But it is an understanding that we don't take the fact that he has loved us and blessed us, saved us, and, and, and he is God. Take that for granted and just live a life that is casual. Not considering his will in our lives. And it is such a biblical principle, yet it's something that a lot of people, I can tell you, I I know that they've never really even heard teaching on it. And today, I want to talk about a word that is is throughout the word of God and should be a very basic principle. Should be something that it seems like is really a no-brainer. But yet, a modern kind of... Christianity, if you can call it that, uh, uh, has really kind of more tried to appeal to what we want rather than just getting us to conform and know what the Bible really says we ought to be and what we can be. 
I get to be a child of God. I get to, to, to be free from an old life and I get to, uh, to live righteous. It's a blessing to me to know. So as we look at this text, it is God called King Saul and, um, anointed him to be the king over his people. There's a lot of circumstances that we could uh, talk about in all that, but Saul was a man who, who had God's anointing on him, but yet he really didn't know how to submit and really yield his life fully to God. We, we don't see him maybe committing a lot of things that everybody might say, hey, that's a horrible sin. But we see something here that God really takes seriously, that I'm afraid a lot of people that say they love God don't, don't take seriously. See, God told him, was going to use him for God, his own purpose. This was God's will, God's plan, and he said, Saul, I'm going to use you to fulfill my will. That's pretty great, isn't it? I'm going to use you, and there's a, there's a people here that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to judge, and I want you to go in, and I want you to, to fight against the Amalekites, and I want you to go in and, and destroy them. They have, they have, uh, they've done wrong. They've, they've come against my people at a very vulnerable time. So awesome how good, good God is. His anger at the Amalekites was, was because that when Israel was going through a hard time, they were hurting, they were low. In so many words, the people of Amalek kicked them while they were down and God noticed that and God saw that and said, ah, I'm, I'm going to, I'll be back to deal with you later. And this was their time. So why didn't he handle it right then? I believe he gave them even a space to get some things, some things right. But things transpired and God said to Saul, now go in there and just wipe them out. They have disobeyed. They're, they're cruel, wicked people. Saul goes in and he, he does what God says, but only to a point. He doesn't fully obey. God says, I want you to don't, don't spare their animals. Don't spare any one of them. But, but when the prophet comes back to check on Saul afterwards, and God will come back and check on you. He's a good father. And he'll, he'll, uh, he'll see if you listened. You paid attention. And he said, you know what? Uh, did you obey the, the word of the Lord? And Saul said, oh, yeah, Whew, we got victory. We did good. You did just what God told you to do. Sure did. Why do I hear livestock in the background? Well, we saved the best of their livestock to sacrifice to God. What a great idea. We're going to give this to God. You know and Samuel says these words to Saul at this time. Do you think God would rather have your sacrifice or your obedience? Would, do you think God delights so much? And see, this is what happens with, it happened with the Pharisees. It happens with religion in these days. We look at the situation and we have his word. Many times people don't think so, but we have clear understanding of the principles of God's word. Hey, here's what I want you to do. But we look at it and say, ah, you know what? I can, I have an idea what might work better. And I have an idea what I think would be good. And I 
I'm not going to go out and get crazy and sin. And I'm, I'm not quitting on God. I'm going to do it all in the name of God. God is that. Listen, if you really get to know him, you're going to realize something about him. He's so awesome. His ways are so far above our ways. Understand this. The best idea you can come up with. Stop a minute. Find out what God said about it because his ways are going to just blow all of our ways out of the water. And see, if you really want to love him as a father, if you really want to honor him as what we call him so often, Lord, all right, I I know this is really kind of an unpopular word, unpopular uh, idea, really sadly among Christianity to obey is better than sacrifice. Amen. We can put on a big show and we can do a lot of things and, and say it's all for him. But he said, have you just done what I asked you to do? Right. Have you obeyed me? Sometimes we feel like we, we got to be serving God. We got to be. Uh, God's got to be excited with what we're doing. Did you obey him? Right. See, obedience really tells us what we think about God. Jesus said, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you're just going to do the things I say. In one place, he said, why are you calling me Lord if you're not going to do what I tell you to do? Basically, why you throw that word around so much when, when you're more interested in doing what you want to do and help me clean up after your mess? Obedience to me is not some kind of legalistic Old Testament kind of attitude. It's an attitude that says, I surrender. I submit to you, God. You're God. I'm not. You know everything. I don't know anything. Right? So becoming a disciple, becoming a follower of Jesus means I'm going to have to really find out what he says about things. Find out what he says about my life, about who I am, about about worship. I, I know a lot of people. I've talked to over the years, and I don't go around just tell people, hey, your church ought to do it this way. And I, I don't have time for that. That's not what God's called me to do. I don't think he's called you or anybody else to do it either. But sometimes I've worked with people side by side. They start talking about their church, and maybe they start to get to know what we do and how we do it. And I don't think, you know, that, that I just, I, I don't like all that clapping and dancing and and all that, that just seems kind of odd to me. Why is it odd? Why is it odd? Is it in the Bible? Well, yeah, but I don't, I don't know about all that. What are we going to do with God's? Are we going to obey or? Amen. Well, we have, we have great, great ceremonies and, and we have great lengthy prayers and, and we have a, a, such a, a great uh, uh, service that, yeah, but do you do what God said he likes? Amen. Do you do that? Do you do you kind of put some things out of the Bible? Because I'm not comfortable around that Holy Ghost stuff. Right. I, I feel like there's something wrong. What about what the Bible says? Right. Amen. What about what he says? That's right. What about just living right? What about, see, it gets down to, into our worship. Yes, right. It gets into, into our personal lives. What about sin? Right. What does that even mean? What is sin? You ask a lot of people what sin is. It's what they're doing. <laughs> and then why is that wrong? Because I think it's weird. I think it's gross. I don't like that. Is that what makes sin sin? Come on. Sin is a transgression of God's commands. Yes. 
Sin is basically God said this. Oh, I know, I know. Nobody is perfect. Is that what, what does sin mean? It means God said this, but we've decided to do something else. And you choose your will or the will of somebody else. Oh, but I know church, it says it's okay. Does that make it okay? Oh, I know. I, I've been. Are, are you telling me my, my family's always done it that way? I, I don't want to be harsh, but this is my soul. I'm not going to trust my soul to 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 disobey God. Yeah, but we we do you obey him. Is he really Lord in your life? Is he God? Are you ready to stand before God and say, I've. That see, I know in myself, I can't. I, I'm going to tell you this before you get there ahead of me. I know in myself, I just keep on stumbling and falling on my face. But the God through his death on the cross, through the blood that was shed there, the forgiveness and the, the baptism of his spirit, the washing away of my sins, he'll enable you to obey him. Right. See, so many years, like a lot of other people, in my own way, I've tried to do better, but... Always failed. And false religion will say, God's grace says, keep just trying and failing and stumbling and falling. And, you you know, God just doesn't pay attention to that anymore. That's not what the Bible says. Romans, the second chapter. Romans 2. Going into the New Testament. I guess that matters to some people, but it, it shouldn't. It's still the same God. Romans 2, obedience is not an Old Testament idea. People say, well, I I know that I have a good relationship with God. Is what he says amazing to you? Do you believe it? Do you trust that it's better than your will so much that you'll do his will rather than your own will because he's God and he made you and he's got a plan for your life? No, I pretty much do my will, but we're friends. Your relationship's probably not as good as it could be. Amen. Romans 2. Paul, through the power of the Holy Ghost, God is using him to kind of bring some problems that were in the church. There were, like we know, a lot of a lot of Gentiles now, people who weren't Jews, people that didn't know anything about Abraham and Moses. They were coming in. All they knew about was worshiping pagan gods and pagan idols, pagan temples. That's all they knew. Now they're coming in and loving Jesus. And they're trying to worship with some of these people that never really rubbed shoulders with them because they, they know all about the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and uh, Moses, and Elijah. They, they know all about that, and, and they're kind of having a conflict in the church. And He's telling some of them, you see how good God is? So don't, don't, just be careful. God's goodness to people that don't know everything that you know is leading them to repentance because that's what he does. But then he goes on and says here in Romans 2, verse 8. But unto them that are contentious, and look at this. Unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth. What? To know the truth is one thing. But he's talking about people that don't obey the truth. Amen. 
It's one thing to say, I know the difference between right and wrong. Yeah, that's good. But that's not the whole story. Do you do it? Do you obey it? And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. I mean, God's, that means God gets upset with those who are disobedient to his truth. See, this is the process of sanctification. This is a process of growing as a child of God. You come to God, a sinner, there's nothing I can do. I've tried to do good. My goodness doesn't, it's just not getting me anywhere. And God says, I know, I told you in my Bible that your goodness is like filthy rags. You need a savior. You need Calvary. You need the cross. You need me to pay that price for you, right? Jesus, we come to him, and what we do is we turn from that old life in our hearts and our lives, and, and we don't want, it's still going to pull us, it's still going to tempt us, but we turn from that and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm sorry, Lord, you're my Savior. I turn, I'm sorry for my old life. I'm sorry for my old life, no matter what it's been, even my, my, my trying to be right and doing my best. It's not good enough, God, I'm turning away from that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. Bible tells us it's called repentance over and over and over again. Jesus, the apostles talked about turning from sin, turning to God, turning to faith in him. We bury that old life. That's what this is all about. We put that old life under, under, we immerse it in the name of Jesus Christ, burying that old life. We can take that as a, as a milestone in our lives. Not only have I said, I'm sorry for it. I buried it in your name, God. And we ask God and believe God to fill us with his power to enable us to walk a better way. That's what the baptism of the Holy Ghost is. It's now his righteousness, his power living through us. We fight that battle. Don't follow temptation, but we obey him by his power now. It's not our our best. It's his best in us. People say, are you you living for God? I'm doing my best. Mm, Not your best if you get before God, I'm just telling you, if you stand before God and say, and he asks you, why should I let you into heaven? You say, I did my best. He already told you what your best is. We need his best dwelling in us. Amen. But that's not the end of it. That's just the beginning of it. Once he comes and fills our lives, we've got to follow him. We've got to learn of him, the Bible says, Find out what, what, and, and obey him, obey his leading, obey his direction, obey his word. The Bible says there's wrath to those who do not obey the truth. That's what God told the church. Your life, thank God you came to the house of God. The Bible tells us that this is important. When we walk out of this place, our lives are, are submitted to him now. It's not I do my thing, I go my way, I, 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 no, I'm not my own, the Bible says. I'm bought with a price. That's exciting to me because God's will is so much better. He's put my life on a better path. And I've learned that everything that we said is sin. It's just been doing nothing but cursing my life. Sin is, is bondage. And God sets you free from that. You don't obey it anymore. You obey him. And that's how God blesses Amen. With a father and a child, you say, well, I, 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 want, I want my, my uh, privileges. I want my, my desserts. I want my free time. I want my whatever it might be. I want my video games back, Dad. Have you obeyed? Hello? We want God's blessing on our lives. God can't bless disobedience. 
When we are doing what drives us in the wrong direction, God's blessing can't be on us. He does not want to reinforce bad behavior. See, God's not nasty and mean. He loves, he chastens whom he loves because he wants you, just like a good father, he wants you on a better path. He sees what sin's done in your life. It's not helped you. So he, he wants to steer you away from sin. So the blessings are on obedience. Second Thessalonians. Let's get a few scriptures here. Give you a little bit of time. And the more you get into the word of God, the more you'll be able to find these scriptures. Second Thessalonians one. It's, it's so sad to me. It's so sad to me that God's so good, has so many, so many great plans for each one of us together as, as a church, individually. He's, he's got nothing. I believe God gets excited when you come to him and he can, he can start leading you in paths of righteousness. But the idea that we can disobey him and still have his blessings and his his grace on our lives. Help us, Lord. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Second Thessalonians one verse eight. Listen to this. These were these. These scriptures that use the word uh, talk about obedience and disobedience. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I thought all I have to do is believe. All I need to do is believe. That's a long book that you've got sitting on your lap there for just believe and nothing else. It's amazing to me that people think the only thing that's impossible, that's, that's uh, important in that book, is all you got to do is believe. Well, if you believe as the scriptures say, you're going to see obedience in your life. See, that's why I obey God, because I believe his will is great. I, I obey God because I believe he knows better than I do. I have proven to myself, I've said this to you so many times, I've proven to myself the hard way that my will just messes me up. It causes me pain. But when I trust God and obey him, my people say, oh, I, I trust God. I trust God to help me get out of the jams I get into all the time. There's a better way than that. There's a better way than that. You can trust God before the jam and say, you know what, I Believe his will is better than mine. Sometimes it seems like a a tough uh, cross to carry. Sometimes it seems like a a great price to pay. You're telling me God's word says what I'm doing right now is sinful and there's a better way. But I've been doing this all my life. But I've been living this way. I don't see myself ever getting away from this. When you begin to see God working in your life and trust him more and more and realize that he's got something so much better for you than sin. Oh, yeah. Talks about them that obey not the gospel. First Peter four. Talking about the church, first Peter four. Verse 17 For the time is come that judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. Judgment must begin in the house of God. That we might 
recognize, hey, what's the difference between right and wrong has to start here. It's hypocritical to look in the community and say, do you know what they're doing? And not look at ourselves first and say, am I obeying God? So we've got to first look at ourselves is what he means. And if it first begin with us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? I'm here to tell you it is a far cry from what the Bible teaches a Christian is and what salvation is and what a Christian lifestyle is. When people think that it's okay to just continually disobey him, not care, not not find out, not conform ourselves to the will of God and obey him. But I pray. But I pray. Good. Do you obey him? I pray all the time. Good. Can he tell you in prayer? That's not my will. I've got something better for you. And you say yes. How much in your prayers do you expect God to say yes to you? Oh, I pray. Hey, can I tell you, there's more to being a Christian than praying. Praying is important. Praying is vital. But prayer without obedience is not what it means to live for God. You acknowledging his existence and wanting him to pull you out of the trouble. He does. He'll do that. But when you are consistently and purposely disobeying him, that's not what it means to be a Christian. You're not following Christ. You want him to follow you. His little sweeper picking up the garbage you leave behind. You're his servant. He's not ours. I read the Bible. Oh, it's so important. It goes hand in hand with prayer. That's how you're going to learn. That's how you're going to understand the will of God. I read the Bible. Do you pray? Do you obey? Do you obey it? I, I, every day I'm going to read a little bit of this. I read Christian literature. I, 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 I try to watch Christian things. Do you obey God? Is he able to tell you, this is my will, walk ye in it? Come on, let's be honest. I talk to God. I read his word. Do you obey him? Are you willing to say no to your will? Do you remember what Jesus said when he prayed before he went to the cross for you and I? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. We read our Bibles, we pray, but are we willing to say, no matter how much I want this, God, I want your will to be done. I go to church. Good. That's important. We could spend service after service talking about the importance of prayer, talking about the importance of reading the Bible, talking about how important it is for us to gather together, to to support and strengthen one another, to to worship together, to pray together, to learn the word of God together. That's what our whole New Testament is about. People say, I don't need all that. Well, just where's that in the Bible? Well, let's see. Romans is a letter to the church in Rome because that's what they did. Amen. First and second Corinthians are letters to churches in Corinth because that's what they did. Every the whole New Testament is about the church gathering together. And if that's not enough, certainly they said to the Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is. 
But you can go to church and not be obedient. Right? You can make it a priority to be in church, but if you're not obedient, if you don't say, okay, God, I heard what you said. He took it right out of the Bible. That's your will. I know what I've been wanting all along, but I know your will is what your Lord, your God. You're the one who knows what's best. And God, I'm not sure, but I believe and trust you enough that your way is better than mine. I go to church, but do you obey God? Does that matter? Ted? We've read several scriptures now about how we need to obey the gospel, obey the truth. I tell people about Jesus. I tell you what, I sit at the bar, not me. How many times I've heard it? I'll tell you what, I don't go to church, but I tell you, everybody at the bar knows you need to be, you need Jesus. I tell them all the time. Do you obey God? Do you obey God? Are you following him? Just because you can tell somebody else how to do it. How many times have we heard people say, you know what? I know the truth. Do as I say, not as I do. Is that going to save you? How wise is that? You know the truth, but you don't do it. I never said I was to be example. God wants you to be a good example. God wants people to see the blessings in your life through obedience and for them to see how good God has been in your life. Yeah, he does. Amen. I tell people all the time about Jesus. That's witnessing is such an important part of being a Christian, but it does not take the place of obedience ever, ever. No matter how busy you are and say it's for the kingdom of God, the Lord still says, don't you think I want to obey rather than sacrifice? I have a great relationship with God. Is he God in your life that you follow him? See, I know a lot of people who think they have a good friend, but really what they just like is somebody there to hear them. But they don't they're not really a friend. There's a difference between having a relationship with God and just and and really following him, letting him lead, letting him be God in your life, trusting him. So often we say, I, my relationship is based, what, what's it based on? That God's word is truth? Is it based on that this book, what, or what's it based some idea that you have made, you've created God in your own image? You don't know him outside of this book. I don't care how many movies you've seen, how many pictures you have on your wall. You don't know Jesus through that. We know him through the word of God. Amen. Say, but I feel God. I feel God and I know he's real. I believe that. I really do. I would not argue with that. But what I would try to tell you is if you feel him, let him lead you. Let him guide you. Back some things up and find out more about him. Find out. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because he will show you everything in your life that has caused you hurt and bondage and trouble. How he can... Put some things together again. Put something in your heart that is that is so much greater than what you ever could imagine it would be. But so often people that are calling themselves followers of Christ, you know, Christian means something. It doesn't mean we just, I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus died on the cross on the same level as I believe that George Washington was our first president. Or some other historical fact. You got to you got to trust him. Belief in God 
is not a belief that he exists, but it is a trust factor that we, we now begin to say, God, your will matters more than my will. I'm going to obey you. What a, what a sad thing that obedience has become like a dirty word to people. What kind of relationship do you have? A relationship that I realize he knows more about me and what is going to be best for me than I know myself. So I obey him. So I let go of what I think and I stop fighting with him and, and I start saying, okay, yes to your will. Do you know what Jesus said in Matthew 7? Matthew 7 verse 21. This isn't just something that that is my opinion. This is this is Bible through and through. And it's just reasonable to think that if we're going to surrender our lives to God, we're going to obey him. We're going to follow him. We're going to let his will be right and our will is going to decrease. Matthew 7 In the Sermon on the Mount, verse 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. What? That gets my attention. Not everyone that's claiming that Jesus is Lord is on their way to heaven. But who is it? He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. You start doing God's will. You've got a choice every day. Throughout the day, it's really choices. Am I going to be Lord over my life or am I going to let Jesus be Lord over my life? Am I going to do my will or his will? When I say something that disappoints, that I'm disappointed in myself, that I regret, it's because, you know what, God wanted me to say something else or God didn't want me to talk that way or act that way, but I yielded to me rather than him. Right? Right? Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Well, I'm not sure what the will of God is. That's why we're disciples. That's why we, he said, go in the world, make disciples of all men. That's why we got to learn. We got to actively, we got to actively find out, Lord, I want to know more about you. That's why I think people ought to want to come to church. I want to learn more. I want to know his will in a better way. It's not so much to me. Hey, you know, this is, this is the law and this is the way it ought. No, you ought to want to, I want to know his will because I want to be doing it. It's good. Look what it says. This is Jesus talking. So often people just skip over this. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils in thy name done many wonderful works. We've, we've built our whole lives around a kind of church setting, a lot, around a religious idea. We've, we've done all the things that, that look so Christian. But he's talking to people who haven't obeyed him. Some people who haven't done his will. I profess unto them, I never knew you. That idea of knowing you is an intimacy that you don't get by doing your will rather than his will. You want to get close to God, submit and surrender to his will. It's going to, hey, I thank God. Anybody feel the presence of God tonight? Anybody feel the closeness and the love and just like a, just the beauty of the clean presence of God? Hey, that's amazing to me. But you'll never really experience it like you need to without just saying, okay, God, when I leave this house, I'm going to do your will. Yeah. 
I want to obey you. Because I'm going to tell you something. Every now and then, God's going to slip something in because he's just that good. He sees things that are going to trip you up. So sometimes I'm singing, oh, how I love Jesus. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God will just say, you know, you need to stop doing that. All right. <sighs> don't close your ears to it. All right. Don't, don't quench the Spirit of God. You know. You know I'm trying to deal with you. You get good enough and saying, God, I'm not listening. I'm not paying attention. You're not saying, la, 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 I can't hear you. You're saying, oh, I love Jesus. Sing a little louder. God says, please don't make me give up my sin. No, listen. To obey is better than sacrifice. I've done many wonderful works. I I pray and I read my Bible and I'm faithful to church. and, And all those things are important in their place, but they don't take the place of saying, God, I want to do your will. I want to do your will. I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. This is a, a relationship that God wants to have and, and to know you, to, to walk with you. You don't have that closeness to him, believing that your will is better than his will, and you're going to obey your, your own will over his will, and you're going to choose. Uh-uh, that's not how you, you know God. He said you'll, so many are saying, Lord, Lord. But they're not going to enter in. Titus 1, Titus 1.16, they profess that they know God. They profess that they know God. They say, I know God. This is this. You say, it's not up to you to judge. I'm, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. But I tell you this, Jesus said you'll know them by the fruit. Not by their words. Not by their good intentions. Not by their excuses. You'll know them by the fruit, the the works that they do. They profess, Titus 1.16, they profess that they know God. I'm trying to help you today. To realize that this isn't some flaky idea that I, I've got all this together, but I'm still doing my own will, my way. That's not, you don't know God like you can know God. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. What? Deny God? How many people do you think would be confronted with this verse? I don't deny God. I love God. I pray. I read my Bible. I go to church. I tell people about Jesus. You profess him with that you know him, but your works, you deny him. That in him we would be obedient to him. Look what it says. They deny him being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. One more scripture. Well, two more rather. Titus uh, chapter 3, verse 3. For we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient. This is the hope that I want to give you here. Because the Bible tells us now, let's look at us. You're living for God. It's your desire to obey him, to follow him. Well, remember, we ourselves were sometimes foolish. Sometimes disobedient, deceived. Servers of serving divers are different lusts and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, hating one another. Sounds horrible. He's talking about us. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, 
But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We were sometimes disobedient. Were is the key word. Amen. Were. Now our desire is, God, I I don't want to be disobedient. I want to follow you. I want to live for you. I want to find out. When I read the Bible and I say, wow, that applies to me, God. I was praying for you to talk to me and teach me. I was come to church and I asked you to talk to me and deal with me and help me learn. I was praying, asking you, Lord, this is about me. Obey him. You're going to find out he's not only going to talk to you about about cleaning your life out, but he's going to also talk to you about about reaching out to people and being a friend. When you feel like you just want to stay safe and in your own little cocoon, and God's going to talk to you and deal with you. You're going to be challenged to reach out and care about somebody, love somebody, help somebody. Amen? Amen. 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 Sure, that's tough now. Hey, I, some folks, they're like, hey, let's, get, let's get every bit of sin out of our lives. Woo, I like that. Preach that, preacher. Man, just going to lay it out for us. And we also need to obey God and reach out and love people. Ooh. <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> people. Huh. But you know what? Obey Him. Sometimes during, the, during even worship, with, with worship, you know, find, hey, it means... Uh, Clapping our hands, Bible, lifting our hands. Like, Yo, I don't know. I don't. Hey, just take little steps and obey God. God's going to nudge you in the right direction. Uh, I thank God that he's pretty patient with us with the baby steps, but be obedient to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Sister Katie comes to the music. Second Timothy 2 tells us, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That means we're going to turn away from sin and start doing the will of God. I feel like God's dealing with some here today. Let me just obey God. Sometimes it's things in our lives that we're disobedient. Because we want our will, and it's not maybe the difference between something sinful, but it's just not the will of God, and you know it's not the will of God. Maybe you're able to say, I don't see any kind of problem with this, but God's trying to nudge you in direction for His will in your life. Be careful that you don't push Him out of the equation. Obey Him. Obey Him. Let Him lead you talking to mature Christians right now. I know sometimes our will is we've done our best. We put away sin. We put it behind us. But listen to me. God's got a plan for your life. And if you pray and ask for wisdom, He'll show you His will. Obey Him. Obey Him. Don't obey flesh. Don't get stubborn. Obey God. There's just some things that if you want God's will, you don't want to end up snared. He'll help you. He'll help you see. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. Sometimes it's not easy, but you let Him lead you and guide you, and you're going to find His best. He's still God in your life. He's going to He's going to take good care of you. 
let me make sure it's crystal clear tonight that the principles of this book, the Bible, it's God's Word, it's God's will. There's always going to be this conflict. Listen, you're not you're not some horrible person because there's a battle between temptation and the Word of God, the truth, the principles of His Word. It's a choice that you've got to make. That's what surrender to God really is. Saying, God, okay, this is what's best. This is your will. I'm going to follow you. Lord, help me. Give me the strength that I need. And God will give you that strength. God will give you that help. To say no to sin and yes to righteousness. Come on, let's take some time to pray. Let's take some time. The altar's open. The altar's open. Let's come talk to him. myself to it. I don't disobey it anymore. I, I follow him. You're going to find as we follow the shepherd as his sheep, he's going to lead us beside the still waters. He's going to restore our soul. He's going to lead us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He's going to keep us safe from the predator. He's a good God if we just follow him, the good shepherd. Oh, thank you, Lord. Seek His will. Ask for His will. Pursue His will. And ask Him to help you have an obedient heart to do His will. Because not just the hearers of the word, it's the doers that are blessed. Let's all stand again. Lord, thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you for just everything you've said, you've done and given us, Lord God, your word in our hearts. Pray, Lord, you just work on us, God. Help us to be doers of your word.
Lord, keep us safe as we travel again. I pray keep your hand of protection upon each one. And Lord, shine your light through us in this dark day. Bless the picnic tomorrow, Lord. I pray that it be refreshing and edifying to each one. And Lord, a great witness to those that come. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen.